City Slam. My name's Chris. Sit on down to my nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. Got a good guest today. Vic Capri is going to be here. Before we talk to him, I'm going to bring in my buddy, my pal, my confidant. Maybe the guy who has his finger on the pulse of local Chicagoland wrestling more than anybody else. Mike Pankow, how are you, buddy? I'm good. How you doing? It's hard to not be happy when the snow melts and I watched White Sox baseball on Sunday and it was the first spring training game. Like, it, you can't wipe the smile off my face as we get into March right now, and I'm ready to go. It was definitely nice to see some baseball yesterday, even though it was mostly backups playing in a shortened game, uh, a bunch, you know, a bunch of uh, guys wearing 80s and 90s out there. But uh, it's baseball, so it's cool to see. Yes, anything's cool to see. Wrestling-wise, look, I saw fans in the stands. I keep seeing as I'm monitoring Major League Baseball, it sounds like they're all or very, very close to all going to have fans in the stands. A big thing for wrestling fans here in and around Chicagoland, uh, it sounds like, and it just came out a couple of days ago, that the mayor's office and the governor's office are both strongly considering allowing fans in the stands at baseball games starting on opening day, now showing a difference between how they view indoor and outdoor events. So you might see even more leeway given to outdoor events and and possibly mm-hmm. to more indoor events inside of Chicago. Eventually, we're seeing some movement here, which could mean more wrestling coming back as well. Definitely. Um, also, I, don't even, I didn't even have this on my notes, but there's been some rumblings over the last few days. Warrior Wrestling might be announcing another outdoor show very soon. And I believe also Chicago-style wrestling may also be coming back with an outdoor show very soon. Nothing official on any front. I believe Warrior is supposed to be making an announcement sometime this week. But, uh, yeah, with the weather getting warmer and some of the restrictions being pulled back a little bit, I think we're going to see some more action around here in these parts soon. All right, the ice pick. Vic Capri is going to be on in moments. Before we get to him, tell us what's going on right now in local Chicagoland wrestling. Yeah, let's start with AEW first, which isn't really local, but then we'll get to local. That's funny. That's funny how I led you into that. We practiced that before the show. I'm so stupid. Go ahead. Yeah, AEW is kind of really big in the news and literally big. Paul White, formerly known as The Big Show, signed with AEW after nearly 22 years in WWE. Now his role will be an announcer on a, on a new show that they're going to be coming on on YouTube soon. And that may eventually transition over to TV when they figure out something at Turner. And he'll also still be an occasional wrestler for the company. So his WWE deal runs out 22 years in that company, and now he's working for Tony Khan in AEW. You Amazing know, stuff. You know what's interesting about that, too? I had somebody shoot me a text when that when word came down he was moving over to AEW, and they are like, what do you think? You think he's going to be the giant again? Because, you know, he probably can't be Big Show, but remember he changed his name 22 years ago when he it's moved over to WWE? <laughs> and, I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, no, no, I want him to be Captain Insano. Like, right away, I was like, <laughs> he should wrestle as Captain Insano, because Captain Insano shows no mercy. AEW this week also, Shaquille O'Neal is stepping in the ring, finally, and it's on Wednesday Night Dynamite this week. He is teaming up with Jade Cargill, and they're taking on Cody Rhodes and Red Velvet. Now, this is a intergender tag team match, so Shaq's actually going to get in the ring. I have a feeling we might see Paul White here uh, in some sort of role, Maybe whether he comes out before the match, after the match, there's a stare down. They were teasing 
a big show Shaquille O'Neal match in WWE a few years ago, if you recall, but they, that never materialized. So maybe we can finally get it in AEW. So we'll have to see how that goes. AEW's revolution is this Sunday at Daly's Place in Jacksonville. Uh, one year ago, it kind of touched my heart since I actually covered the event. It was at Winchester Arena in downtown Chicago near McCormick Place. This year's show features AEW champion Kenny Omega. He's defending the title against John Moxley. And get this, it's in an exploding barbed wire death match. So this is going to be a little crazy. Anything local we got? Last weekend, uh, semi-local, Great Lakes Championship Wrestling. That's a little north of Milwaukee, Cedarburg, Wisconsin. Backwoods Brown retains his GLCW Championship over Drew Hernandez. GLCW Tag Team Champions The Express, Ryan Cross, Dr. Jeff Luxon. Retain over Adam Grace and Dustin Jackson. Our boy Jordan Cross, who actually is listening to what I see. He defeated Dave Rydell in a two out of three falls match. Also, my man, my friend, one man dynasty, Darius Luttrell, former UIC basketball player, makes his GLCW debut. He defeats perfection. And finally, our guest today, and we'll have to touch upon this a little today, he made his in-ring return at GLCW. He loses to That's terrible. And then he's going to come on our show after he lost. I feel terrible for him now. And also, one other note from last weekend at WOWT, which liberated the Berlin Eagles Club. I just want to congratulate Just Amazing on becoming the first WOWT Chicago champion. And real quick, to this weekend, Friday night, March 5th, Gali Lucha Libre from number 475, and that will be on luchatv.com slash live. Alamis, uh, Gringo Local, and more will be on that show. And Saturday night, you'll see the return of Vic Capri in the ring at Power Entertainment as part of Slam Fest at Rumpoles in Twin Lakes, Wisconsin. And that main event is Power Champion Pauly Tomaselli teaming with the Ice Pick Vic Capri against former POW champion Tyler Sullivan. And uh, I always get his name wrong. It's some sort of, I, I've never actually uh, seen him wrestle yet, but I want to at some point. I believe it's uh, Kazizzle or, or Kazile. <laughs> Kazile. Yeah, whatever it's, it is, whatever it is, you butcher the name yeah. because you, you gave three different <laughs> possibilities. So yeah. well, we'll have to get clarification on that at some point. <laughs> and for a list of local events, uh, Chicago area, Southeast Wisconsin, Northwest Indiana, check out WindyCitySlam.com. Click on calendar. Check that out. One more tidbit before we get to Vic. Somebody who Vic has been a little bit close with in the past recently at Power Entertainment, Joey Ariola, who was trained by Jimmy Blaze and wrestled for Powell, signs a developmental deal with WWE and is reporting to the Performance Center in Orlando. And they'll be joining names like Cora Jade, Blake Christian, Alex Zane, and Taya Valkyrie, who have also wrestled in the area for various promotions as well. So very excited for Joey Ariola. Congratulations. Awesome. Vic Capri is up here in moments on Windy City Slam. Joining us on the phone line for the first time, I've heard him talked about an awful lot because I know Mike is a big fan and this is my first interaction with him. The Ice Pick Vic Capri. How are you, sir? 
I'm doing pretty good today. How are you guys? We're doing good, man. We're doing good. Look, I, I know Mike, I, I believe Mike has met you face to face. I have not. And so whenever I haven't met somebody who's coming on the show, I Google them and I, I take a look at the pictures. And uh, your initial Google images scare me because I think you could beat me up in about three <laughs> seconds. Then the fact, and look, you've got like that Ken Shamrock look almost, even though you're not an MMA fighter. Uh, if if you mm-hmm. didn't have such a weird, uh, you know, horrible event tagged to him, some of your images look like a Chris Benoit when he was younger. You know, I get it all the time that I remind people of Benoit, um, even before I started tattooing myself and now after. Um with the the beard that I have now, especially. So, and, and you know, the, the horrible things that happened at the end of his career are one thing. Um, but to tell you the truth, what he did in the wrestling ring was just absolutely amazing. So to be told that I wrestle like him at all, or that I, I look like him, I mean, I, I don't have a problem with that. It's a total compliment to you because I'm going to tell you, like, yeah. we, it's always one of those things where like you kind of dance around it when you talk about him. But if you take out the, the end of his life and you look at when he was in the ring, he was always one of my favorites. Absolutely. I mean, like, him and, and Dynamite Kid, I mean, the two of them were, there's so many similarities between the two of them. Um, unfortunately, they, they both have some black marks on, on, on their personal lives, of course. But uh, what they did in the ring and everything like that, it's just it's something that you, you can't take away from from them or any number of people. Um, I mean, you look at even people like Jimmy Snuka with everything, um, the rumors that he, he murdered his girlfriend. But you're not going to take away whether they even com- ever convicted him or not. You're not going to take away what he did in the ring. You know, there, there's so many situations like that. But deep down, what the guys do in the ring is, is something different than their personal life. So, uh, Vic, Saturday night was your re- in-ring return to competition at GLCW. Uh, you were out for several months uh, due to a triceps injury, correct? Yeah, I, uh, I tore the tricep tendon uh, into two pieces. So uh, they had to reattach it, and I was stuck in a straight cast for about four weeks and then got back into a, a brace and started working on the mobility after that. So my last match, I believe, was the beginning of August. So did the injury happen during a workout? Uh, how did it come about? Um, actually, the, initially, I think I did some damage to it. I came down awkwardly um, at the end of a, a match for POW. Uh, and just it swelled up on me, and I took it easy at the gym for about a week or two. And then one day I decided I was going to try and do inclined flies, and I, I grabbed the 60-pound dumbbells, and as I extended them up, it just, I felt it pop and I just finished it off right there. You know, I'm 43 years old. We don't get an awful lot of guys to come on this show that actually are older than me. And, uh, I, I injure myself getting out of bed sometimes. So <laughs> over 20 years in the wrestling ring, are you starting to learn a little bit more about, uh, how to take care of yourself? And is it different now than when you first got in the, in the ring? Oh God. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you've, if you ever talk or, or go back and watch the old matches, like me and Jason Rain back from Windy City or whenever we, when uh, uh, Midwest Championship was around or IWA and stuff, I, uh, I was that, that dumb kid that thought he was invincible. Um, so I, I beat the crap out of myself. So, yeah, nowadays it, it, I am much safer. There are even certain things that 
I don't feel flexible enough and safe enough to do some moves I used to do. And I just, I'll tease them, but I, I don't actually use them in the match anymore because I just don't feel safe with the, the other guy's life in my hands. Yeah, so Saturday night you returned. Uh, you lost to Cal Hero. Um, I know wins and losses may not necessarily be the most important thing is putting on a good show. Uh, Cal's a young guy. I think he turned like 20 or 21 or, or something like that. Maybe he's not even that old. But he's the son of uh, David Hero, who's a legendary promoter up in the Milwaukee area. And he's mm-hmm. really, really come on the last couple of years. Comment a little bit on his development and then working a match with a young kid like that and, and, see how, and, and, and tell us how you know you're maybe still kind of teaching in that moment well you always got to try and help the the younger guys and and help them learn and you know cal has a tremendous amount of potential he he doesn't he's got that where he doesn't take himself seriously and he'll go out there and just have fun um he loves old school 80s 90s wwf style you know dusty Rhodes, hulk hogan type of stuff and he he really does have a bright future. He's not taking big risks, risks on anything. He's not doing anything super flashy other than just his letting his personality go when he's out there. Um, and, and I even told him, I'm like, I'm, I'm at the age now. I don't have a lot of uh, years left doing this. Um, I'm not looking to get a contract with anybody, but uh, if I can have a good match with a younger guy, that they can submit and they can get noticed with, then that's how I'm doing my job. So any way I can help the guys. And I I sat down with Cal for probably about a good 20 minutes afterwards and and gave him some pointers on certain things. Um, But he's he's got a, a ton of potential. It sounds like you really have kind of embraced the idea of this is where I'm at. I'm happy with what I do. I'm, I, you're smarter about how you're handling things inside of the ring, and you've really embraced the idea of like I gotta. There's there's a there's another generation coming up, and I, I it would be wrong of me not to pass on the things that people passed on to me when I was younger. Absolutely. Um, like the when I first started, uh, he was Skulls Manson. His name was Mike Carey. He uh, was one of the Manson brothers from Windy City, and the best piece of advice he gave me was don't start doing this thinking it's going to be a career, just make it a hobby. So I always had back pocket. I, I had a, a full-time job the whole time. It, it's just one of those things. Don't I mean, right now there are so many wrestlers, but there are a lot more contracts out there for people. So it, it's worth a shot for some of these kids to, to take that shot. Like you said, uh, uh, Joey just signed his WWE. He, I don't even think he's been training a year with Powell. You know, so, I mean, there, there's so much more that's out there now than there was. And there's so many more possibilities. You can take that chance, but definitely have something in your back pocket to, to fall back on. Speaking of POW, uh, that's a good transition. Uh, this Saturday night, uh, you're back in the ring for them up at uh, Rumpholes in Twin Lakes, Wisconsin. It's you and uh, the champion, Paulie Tomaselli, against Tyler Sullivan and Kazizzle. Um, so, um Talk a little bit about this team and how this match came about with Polly. Polly is one of those guys that, you know, what was it? Jarrett said it when Owen Hart died. You have uh, a lot of acquaintances, but very good, very few friends. Polly is one of those guys that I can sit down with at every show and just BS about everyday life and personal life and spill our guts. You know, he's a, he's a great kid and he's super respectful. 
I shouldn't call him a kid. He's not a kid anymore. But, um, you know, so Paulie had just finished the match and I had still have a bone to pick with Tyler over a number of things. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, the numbers got to me because, uh, you know, it, it is Kizile is how you pronounce it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, when the numbers got to me, Polly had my back. And so we just made it into a tag team match uh, coming this Saturday. You're not a hulking figure. Like, you're 5'8", maybe 210 pounds. But you're very, very solid. You're cut. You're put together. You're technically sound. So when people ask who Vic Capri is, who do you liken yourself to in terms of your in-ring self? Well, thanks for being extremely generous at 5'8". Uh, <laughs> 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 um, I don't. I know I'm not actually that. Back in the day when I started, it was before the internet was really booming, and so you still had to trade tapes and, and things like that. And uh, I, I luckily live right by a Japanese mall, and they had a, a, a video rental, and uh, we were able to figure out what was New Japan Pro Wrestling and All Japan. And so we would rent those from there and copy them and watch those matches over and over. So at the start, I I loved Akiyama and Kobashi. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was just something different that most wrestling fans didn't see here in the States because all they knew was the WWF. And you had to find those, those real true fans that had that background for the Japanese style. Um, so I modeled myself more along the lines of Japanese wrestlers and, of course, like a Benoit and Dynamite kid. Um, like, I'm not a big talker. Um, I think when I first started, Sam DeCero, Sam DeCero wouldn't allow me to talk in a promo. Outside of the ring, I am extremely introverted. It helps me, especially when I'm the bad guy and people don't like me, like when I go to Wisconsin and they announce me from Chicago and, I don't even have to do anything at that point. They just don't like me. Um, <laughs> what a bunch of jerks. It's <laughs> rivalry. <laughs> yeah. So um, normally it makes life pretty easy. But, um, yeah, it's just the more the intensity. Um, I do model myself after like a Benoit because of the fact that you know, he wasn't a big talker. He, he just he was more of a man of action. He did all of his talking with his actions in the ring and just super intense and just everything trying to be as crisp as possible. Um, Kobashi and Akiyama with the movesets and things like that. And then, uh, you know, as of recently, you can't knock Kenny Omega is probably the, the, the best wrestler that's out there right now. I don't care what anyone says. If you go technical wise, yeah, it's Daniel Bryan, but the best pro wrestler out there is Kenny Omega and watching him and Ibushi with the, the knee strikes and stuff like that, um, I'm not going to lie. I stole all of it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That is the most honest thing that I've heard on this podcast now in a year and a half. That's amazing. Yeah, I, 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 I steal I, that. I, I steal that stuff right there. I stole it. I, yeah. There's stuff. There, there, I'll see clips of stuff, and I, I text my buddy in California, and I'll, I'll send him the gif of it, and I'll be like, ah, this is stolen. And he's like, yeah, you should. <laughs> do you ever get, do you ever like, because of the fact that you, I mean, you have been around, even though locally here, you, you have been around for a while. Do you ever get the opportunity 
you know, I, I don't know what it's like with, with backstage with wrestling and maybe they don't want to deal with guys that aren't actually in their group. But I know when I, in my time, when I was doing radio, I'd be able to get backstage every once in a while and, and, and pop in, I'd be able to pop in on some stand up comedian or something like that, because you're at least somewhere in the same kind of business that they're in. And you get to kind of visit with them. Have you been able to, to like bump into some of these guys that you're like, you're an influence, like, thank you. Do you ever get a chance to like, to run into somebody and fanboy out? Oh God. Yeah. Um, a, a couple stories I, I can tell you where it was just overwhelming. Um, one was probably 2001, 2002. I was up in Minnesota and uh, came back from my match and I didn't even know, but Jerry Lynn was there and he was in the locker room and he grabbed me, pulled me over to the promoter and just said, you need to make this match happen pointing at the two of us. Wow. And then told told me that I reminded him of Guerrero, Malenko, and Benoit all wrapped into one. Oh man, that's and, a compliment right wow. there. I think that's awesome. Yeah, it that's yeah, awesome. it was yes. it was the the highest compliment I've ever gotten in my entire life. It, it was just absolutely amazing. I was stunned. It, and it, at that point I was just basically starstruck because and I honestly, I, I've seen guys and I've been in locker rooms with guys and I've never really been starstruck on that point. I was just like in awe that it, that he said it and who he was and everything that he had done. Um, years later, I finally got to have a match with him, a tag match and then a, a singles match. And everything they say about him is true. He is seriously one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Um, super friendly, just him and I hung out the whole day, uh, basically leading into that match. And then uh, other one is Diamond Dallas Page. DDP is, I'll admit, I was never the biggest fan of his in-ring. I thought he was great as a manager. Um, but getting to meet him and talk with him personally and walking into the back and him just going, that match was effing awesome. And it's just like, oh, okay, thank you. And then a month or two later, walking past each other in a dark hallway and saying hi. And he goes, hey, wait a minute, you're Vic. I saw you here. And it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, you remember me? It's like, yeah, you had that great match. I was like, um, okay. <laughs> and it's just, I'm like, I, mean, I, I, I assume, you know, these guys, they, they do it and they make their appearances. And like two months later to to stand out that he remembered I had this really good match a few months back and he saw it. it it's it, it's another one of those where at that point I was just like in, in awe. So, yeah, you, you do still get starstruck. But I think it's more of a I, I guess in this case, I don't, I don't want to call it a selfish thing, but it was because of how they reacted to me. That's what made me more starstruck just from being around and and, and doing extra work and stuff like that for the WWE like really early on um, and meeting everybody and having to say hi to them. When you walk in, you try not to get starstruck because you don't want to be that guy type of thing. Mm -hmm. So you, you kind of keep it all uh, down low and keep cool about everything. But uh, the other time I was just being starstruck was seeing Tori Wilson just in the back and having her smile and say hi to me. But that's just because she's always been dropped dead gorgeous. <laughs> so, but that was more of just like a, <laughs> yes, yes. 
<laughs> yeah, but those are the things. And, and then uh, all the stories you hear about Mick Foley, too. It just, he's a great guy. Super nice. Um, the very first time I was called to be extra talent for WWE, um, dressed, ready to go, had everything ready about five minutes before they walked up and they scratched the match off the whiteboard. And uh, they, they told me it was, they weren't going to do it. We ran short on time. So I walked over and I was sat on one of the crates and I was unlacing my boots. And, you know, this was back fully was, you know, doing the mankind thing, heavyweight champion back and forth with the heavyweight title. And he saw me unlacing my boots, walked over, sat down and he goes, they scratch you. I just looked up. I'm like, um, yeah. And he's like, ah, you're here for a reason. So don't, don't sweat it. He's like, they scratched me my first time. They're here for a reason, so they like you and know you're going to be back. And he sat and talked for me for about five, ten minutes. So that that's another thing where it's just like somebody going out of their way like that at that level is makes me more starstruck than just seeing somebody that's famous. There was a battle royal. You were in, in Dreamwave in 2014, and there were some crazy big-time names now. Back mm-hmm. then, they may, may not have been as big, but the Young Bucks, Pete Dunne, Brian Cage, among others. It was an amazing wave of talent. And one of the guys who's actually uh, in our chat room listening, Marche Rocket, won that Battle Royal. And you were in it as well, obviously. And did, Now, do you remember anything about those guys like the Bucks or Pete Dunne or Brian Cage back then? Yeah, um, the Bucks were super nice. Um, so was Brian Cage. Like at one point, um, I was talking about Brew Baker, and I have some similarities in our personal life that we've gone through. And uh, he was asking me questions, and, and Brian Cage was kind of sitting there, and he, you could see he kind of wanted to get in the conversation, but it was a personal thing. And um, I actually reached out to him. Uh, through Facebook Messenger and said, hey, I apologize. You know, you were right there. We were talking some personal stuff. And and he's like, no. And he explained some of his personal stuff to me. And it, it's just to, to get on that level with the guy who didn't really know me, but he kind of overheard what we were talking about and then telling me what his situation was like. And uh, I mentioned to him if he wanted to get in touch with Brubaker, it would really be helpful for him too. And I don't know for sure if he ever did, but it, it's just, it, it's that, that star, starstruck of more just the, with so much crap that goes on in the world that uh, you find that person that's a human and it is still relatable and nice. Mm-hmm. It, it's just a, is a cool thing. You know, the Bucks, they do the whole thing with the super kick party and it was their whole idea just to come in and get knocked out right away by everybody super kicking me at once. So hey, it, they're just super friendly guys. And it was, they're like, this would be a fun spot. Let's go do it. And we'll just get out of there right away and let everybody else shine. It, some guys just want to help out the other guys to help them shine. Another story real quick. I, I try to take too much time for you guys, but uh, crash Holly did it to me. Him and I had a match for heat when I was an extra. And uh, it, it's really always stuck with me is, Somebody grabbed him afterwards asking why he gave me so much in the match for TV. And his response was, how do I know this kid isn't going to be the rock in six months? 
And if he is, I did him a favor. He'll remember that. That's always really stuck with me, even after he passed. Um, he was a, a really good guy. All right, Vic, we can talk all day. You have, I'm sure you have so many <laughs> stories. We, we, we got to bring you back sometime down the line. But real quick, before we let Anytime. you go, promote your social media, where fans can find you, and any other upcoming shows down the pipeline. Uh, so I got, uh, I, if you search Vic Capri on Facebook, it'll it'll bring me up. I, I have it as my nickname, um, even though it's my my real name is Mike Faso, but uh, I, I pretty much Facebook is all wrestling stuff. I keep my personal life off of it. Uh, Instagram, I'm on Instagram more than way more than Twitter. I'm hardly ever on Twitter, but uh, both of those are Vic under underscore Capri thirteen. Uh, is it Vic underscore or Vic Capri underscore? I can't remember. I have to go look. That's how much I'm on there. That's how much I'm on there. This is what happens when you're in your 40s and you're trying to figure out social media. Yeah. I'm with you, man, on it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's big <laughs> underscore Capri 13. Um, yeah, it's it's horrible. And, um, yeah, we got Power Rampoles uh, this weekend. Uh, I'll be up at Frontline Pro on Saturday the 20th, uh, ICW on the 27th in Milwaukee. I don't want to let the cat out of the bag because I don't know if it's all confirmed yet or not. But I know you so you mentioned uh, CSW. There were some rumblings. Um, I did get they, – they contacted me to save the date, but I haven't had, heard anything that it's confirmed or not yet mm. for the Friday the 19th. Ooh. So that is a possibility that may be coming as well. Awesome. Hey, Vic, I want to tell you, thanks for jumping on. And I also want to point out something to you that uh, I've never ha- I've never been able to point this out to any one of our guests. Like we can see when people jump in and they're listening live. And I always tell Mike, like, we don't get a lot of live. A lot of people just listen to on demand when they have a chance. Okay. We had so many former guests that were wrestlers that popped in at some point to listen to you. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, you seriously, you maybe brought more actual area wrestlers to take time and hit the little app and listen to us live for a few minutes. And they'll probably be catching up on demand than I've ever seen when we have interviewed somebody. So that's, that says, I think a little bit about you. I appreciate you jumping on. Oh, no problem. Anytime, guys. All right. So Vic Capri, the ice pick, Vic Capri. It was nice of him to join us. What do we have next week? Do we know yet? Yes, we do. Um, Next week, uh, very first time, uh, very excited to introduce and interview Chris Classic Williams. He's the promoter for C3 Wrestling, and they have an upcoming show in Hammond, Indiana on March the 13th. Very excited to have him on next week. Chris Classic Williams. Very, very cool. This is Windy City Slam, wrestling Chicago style. If you want to catch this episode or any episode that we've ever done before, they are always on demand everywhere podcasts can be found and always at WindyCitySlam.com. Bye-bye, everybody. You're screaming cause my-